0: Welcome to the powerlifting and power ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of eighties rock ballads. This podcast is presented by team roar powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. And welcome to episode two of powerlifting and power ballads. I'm one of your hosts, Lara Sturm, and I'm here with Josh Rohr, the extraordinary.
1: What up? Josh Rohr. <laughs> that's a bit extreme.
0: <laughs> yes. So we we're going to start today with some questions from listeners from episode one. Our first question is: how to get started in powerlifting? That's kind of a big question.
1: It is. It's an important one though, because I think that's something that a lot of people were wondering and nobody a lot of times, well, I won't say nobody addresses it, but it's something that we're gonna address. So awesome. go for it.
0: All right, I'm gonna go. So how to get started in powerlifting. I would say, don't wait, get started. So that's the first thing. Like people a lot of times think that they're not good enough to be a powerlifter or think of themselves as a powerlifter um, or even compete. And I, I would say, don't wait. Don't think that you're not good enough. If you're breathing, you're good enough.
1: I agree. And I want to add to that a little bit too, because there's a lot of people that I've talked to that one of their regrets is not starting sooner. And one of the reasons they did not start sooner was they wanted to get to level 27 before they started or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Once I can do blank, I'm ready to compete. And basically what ends up happening is you miss out on a lot of very important experience. So when you do your first meet and you're ready to hit all of these big numbers, you make amateur mistakes and end up having a bad day. So I think there's a lot to be said for getting more experience. So yeah, like you said, don't wait.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to think of it as practice makes perfect. I think it's practice makes progress. Yep. You just need to get started make some progress and just keep going. Cause it's, it's all about progressing. Just where you are is where you are.
1: Yep, absolutely. So- and I'd also say get a coach
0: because I think coaching is really important. I think a lot of people kind of start doing some random stuff sometimes. And I really think if you want to get to where you probably want to be sooner, coaching is really important.
1: Yep. I agree and you know bare minimum talk to somebody that's competed or somebody that is familiar with the sport Um, because there's a lot of little subtleties that that people don't know and that's why I think it can be a little overwhelming sometimes but you know simple things like waiting on referee commands that's not something that the average gym bro does so the sport of powerlifting has some of these set rules that you do have to follow so you know knowing those ahead of time is is good. you know, couple couple little things. You know, other tips that I that I'd suggest. You know, obviously read the bo- rule book, but um, you know, practice, uh, like understand the the, the what, what's my word? Understand the requirements of the meet. So squatting below parallel, um, you know, not dropping a deadlift, things like that. Those are all real simple things. Like even down to what you can can and cannot wear on the platform. Um, You know, so just as an example, like the things that you have to have for competition, um, you have to have a singlet and you have to have um, a T-shirt on when you're lifting. And during the deadlift, you have to have knee-high socks. Outside of that, I mean, you have to wear shoes too, but outside of that, like all of the other equipment that you see isn't absolutely necessary. It's optional. So just knowing the bare minimum to get into a meet Um, you know, starting with that and then, you know, if you want to add in knee sleeves later on, a belt, wrist wraps, those things are all allowed as well. But, you know, you don't have to have those to actually compete.
0: Right, and I think knowing the commands and being familiar with the rules is a must as well. I have seen people that were really good lifters but just hadn't done a meet before. Um, You know, I've, I've talked to them like the day before the meet and telling them the rules and that's not really where you want to be. I have seen lifters, good lifters, bomb out just because they couldn't follow the commands the day of the meet and that was really tragic
1: yeah and that's that goes back to waiting too long to compete they could have had uh-huh. all of those stupid mistakes out of their system before they were actually ready to do something you know kind of big um, but when they just waited too long and then you know that that bit them so yep anyway
0: so there was another question but i don't know what that says actually josh you're gonna have to read that one
1: yeah so It was just, it was general, same thing, general tips on how to get started and, and, you know, tips for novice powerlifters. So if you're looking to get started into a meet, so we talked about some of the requirements, literally, if you want to get started, um, and actually sign up for a meet, buy a membership, um, you can go to usapowerlifting.com and there's a link for membership and then go to the calendar on that same website and, find a meet that you want to go to and sign up and boom you're registered and all you got to do at this point is train and show up so it's actually a really easy path to entry like you just have to you know seek out a meet get a membership and register for the event so it's not it's not as elaborate as a lot of people think Um, and you know one of the things that I would suggest as well before you actually do compete even is go go witness a meet, go volunteer, or just even spectate and just kind of see what it's all about. So when you get there, you're not a fish out of water. You kind of know what you're getting into and you have a better understanding for what it's going to be like when you get there. So
0: yeah, absolutely. And I second with the volunteer part, because that's, it gets you a really close up view of the meet and it gets you to see the meet in a whole different way and what it takes to put one on.
1: Yeah, true. So I have a pet peeve. Um, again, uh, another big, big, another pet peeve, big shocker. Um, one of one of my pet peeves is people that, and this kind of ties in even to to competing earlier and not waiting so long, is people that are only doing it because they want to break a record or they know they can win this meet, but they're not going to compete at you know X Y Z event because you know so and so is going to be lifting and they can't beat this person that's bullshit to me. Like, and it really pisses me off because it kind of, uh, let me reel it back in. So it bothers me. <laughs> and the reason is, is it, it, the people that are at the top of the podium have, have been working hard to get there. So by not showing up, you're essentially devaluing their, their, them as well. So fast forward to the point when you're, competing at a high level and people are just like, well, I'm not going to compete because you're there. Well, show me the respect of being there. And the second the second part of that is, you know, there's a lot of people that, and we're, we're going to get into it a little bit. I mean, there, there's, there's other meets and other organizations around that kind of have their quote unquote world championships and all this other stuff. There's... And that's fine. I don't have issues with that. If you're a new lifter and you want to you wanna go do one of those meets or whatever, the problem I have is people walking around saying they're a world champion, X, an XYZ organization, and they wouldn't have even got top five in our Georgia State Championship okay. or, or something like that. And, again, I don't have a problem with doing those other events, but if you're doing it so that you can brag about being a world champion – that also to me is devaluing the people that actually are putting in the work and and are the better lifter and that's not saying that you can't be you know a good lifter and do other events yeah i'm not saying that but i'm saying if you're trying to tout these titles that aren't really the titles if you know in your heart this has been my this has been a, uh, my big thing lately if if you in your heart know that you're not the best lifter or you're not the world champion and there's other people in your neighborhood that lift more than you in your weight class and division, then own up to that. Like I would much rather be, I'd much rather put it this way. I respect somebody that goes to a meet. Um, if you got two people that are the same, same division, same weight class, same strength level, I have a hell of a lot more respect for somebody that goes and competes with a bunch of other people and gets 15th out of 20 versus somebody that gets first out of first, like, because you went and competed. That's the whole point of competition. All right. Mm-hmm. Laura, cut me off. I'm, I'm going... <laughs> He's he's ranting. I'm getting, so, I'm
0: getting, my face is getting red. I'm getting mad. It's getting hot. So one thing I would say too, is like, when, whenever you're competing with someone that you know is better than you, I think it makes you a better lifter because it kind of brings you up to that level or it lets you see what's possible at that level. So if nothing else, it's, it's subconsciously back there, and it's going to make you a better lifter. Um, I, I also kind of enjoy knowing that if I'm lifting with someone who's way better than me, and I know I'm not going to pull a 500 pound deadlift out of my ass, it's just not going to happen, right. And I know that unless I do that, I'm not going to win, that kind of takes the pressure off me. And I kind of actually liked that feeling. um, In some meets that I went to, I'm like, I know, I'm not going to win, I'm just going to place where I place and it takes a lot of pressure off. So it's, it's kind of nice. So I think it is an ego thing for sure. When you're like, I don't want to go. Cause I know I'm not going to win. Yeah. And that's just kind of silly.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I've calmed down now. <laughs> and the takeaway that I, I want to encourage people and you know, I'm probably actually deterring people from trying to compete now with, with my rant there. But, but in reality, no, it it is, it's about the experience of it and you know, competing side by side with your fellow competitors. So, you know, being, you know, being, here's the thing. Somebody has to be last at at every national meet, right? Not everybody wins. So, you know, do you, do you look at it like, well, I just hit the qualifying total. I'm probably going to get, you know, next to last. I'm not going to go. I think that's a cowardly approach, to be honest with you. And anybody that I'm offending, um, you can contact me at PL ballads podcast on Instagram. Shoot me a direct message, and we'll have a conversation about it. But uh, that's how I feel. Um, and it's, it's our podcast, so we get to say what we want. <laughs> how, how do you really feel, Josh? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I just think it makes you a better lifter. And I, I
0: think you know nationals is still nationals, and your, your first nationals meet someday when it happens again. Um, is just an, an awesome spectacle. I just remember last year's Nationals was so impressive with the, the Jumbotron and you know Gino up there and I was just I almost got teary just watching the whole thing. I'm like this is what powerlifting should be. The giant screens and the the music pumping and Gino and the you know, someone's deadlifting six, 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 and he's got iron maiden on. And I was just like, this is
1: awesome.
0: Yeah. So it's it it's be. super
1: cool. But, but the thing I, I want to, you know, make sure we talk about too, is not everybody is going to qualify for nationals in their lifetime. Uh-huh. Like Absolutely I, I've, not. I've coached lifters, you know, for 10 plus years that just, they haven't made it to that caliber. And you know, that, that is the cards they were dealt. You know, they worked hard, they got better. That's the other thing. Like everybody can get better, but, but, lifters that that do qualify for national meets like they are that's a big deal so people take that for granted i think that you know well i just automatically will get to go to nationals or you know i don't need to go to nationals because i'm going to get last well suck it up like if you qualify get your ass there because that's not something that you're going to get the opportunity to do every day well, hell, this year there isn't even nationals, so right. all of so those people last year that didn't go didn't go. <laughs> you know, right. y- you know, uh, you know. Maybe you don't have any regrets, but I would guess that most of you probably are regretting not going. Well, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity going forward to change how you think about it. Right, because you don't know what you got till so it's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> nice, nice segue. You like that? That was good. Which brings us to back to Josh Rohr's favorite Power Ballads. If you don't know why I'm calling it Ballads, listen to episode one. But track number two, um, just to recap what we're doing, we're going through the list of songs that I put on my infamous Power Ballads CD that I gave to everybody in 2008. Anyway, episode number two features track number two, which is Cinderella, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. So this was actually and I'm gonna take some heat for this of this I think there's 18 tracks on the CD of this list of 18 songs this one is actually my least favorite of all of them on there however I say that with the caveat that all of these songs are great songs and I love them all so going back to the strategy of how to put together a, a compilation CD number one was my favorite song Uh, to recap heart alone number two my least favorite so we started with the high and then the second song coming off that high is the very worst that you're going to get from the rest of the cd so that being said if you're not excited to hear the rest well yeah right just want to stick around for that so i love that song um
0: i wasn't a huge cinderella fan um, growing, I actually grew up in the eighties. I was alive at that time. Josh kind of was a little bit, I was alive. um, <laughs> for a couple of years. Um, Cinderella wasn't my jam, but you know, it's one of those songs that kind of can hit the heartstrings. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And I think that's kind of pertinent right now, because there's a lot that we maybe didn't know what we had and now, you know, can't go to the grocery store without thinking about it.
1: Can't go till to it's nationals.
0: Gone. Can't go to nationals. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. So that's fun. So um, I think next on our agenda we have a little inspiration for the weekend. And I'm I'm anxious to hear this story. I, I saw in the notes the Lewis Hummer story from Ohio. Yep. I'm like, I don't know that story.
1: Well, so this is this was bad. So I I guess history of Josh Rohr, if anybody cares. Um, I grew up in Ohio, moved to Atlanta, um, after I graduated college in 2007. But when I started competing, um, I did my first meet, my first USA powerlifting meet in 2002. The second or third meet I did, I can't remember. It was, it was 2003. I want to say it was the Ohio state meet. And I ran into a lady there. She was, I want to say 78 at the time. And it was either her first meet or second meet, I can't remember, but her name was Lois Hummer. I'll never forget her. She was a little firecracker. Um, She was born in 1926. I actually, I don't know if she's still around or not, Um, but I do know that she competed for quite a few years after this. But anyway, to the point of the story, and this kind of ties in with, you know, getting into a powerlifting meet and, you know, not being afraid to try it. Okay, there's this lady, she's 78, right? We're warming up for the meet, you know, and I just assume she's been doing it for years because she's 78 years old. Um, We're warming up, and she asked me if I'd spot her for one of her warm-ups. I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, nice lady. I'll help you out. Um, And she kind of – she had it together. She knew what she was doing, so I just assumed, again, that she had been around for a while. But anyway, you know, I kind of lost track of her. You know, we got through squats, and I'm warming up, and um, we're getting ready for bench, and she comes running over to me, like, frantically. She's like, hey, can you – when the referee says press, can you re- yell really loud because I have hearing problems and I won't be—I c- I can't hear the press command. So I'm like, yeah, sure, and no, I'll help you out. So I, you know, I checked with the referee. They said it was cool or whatever. So anyway, um, I, I kind of felt weird because it, it was fairly quiet at this at this event. It wasn't super loud. So like the referee says press, and I'm like press. Like, like screaming at this lady. So if anybody doesn't know, they think I'm just some psycho screaming at an old lady. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, she got she got at least I, I don't remember how the meet went. Um, I, it was all kind of a blur. But what I remember most is after the fact, I started talking to her a little bit. and I'm like, you know, how long you been competing? She's like, oh, just, you know, only be, only about a year. And, and maybe this was even her first or second meet. I can't remember. But she said she's only been training for powerlifting about a year. So I'm like, well, how did you, how, like, I'm, you know, at this point, I'm just curious. I'm like, you know, as a 78 year old, how did you, how did you get into the sport? She's like, well, well, she goes, let me tell you. And she's, she, she pokes her finger in my chest. <laughs> she goes, I was at a, I was at a gym working out and there was a little corner where like some of the, some of the power lifters train. And I was over there, you know, here, I was just walking over there just to kind of look at it. And you know these couple of kids were over there and they're like this is for the power lifters only and she, and she goes and that just kind of she he goes if I'm being if I'm being honest that just kind of ticked me off a little bit so I'm like okay you know and she goes so so I I asked them I go well, what's powerlifting and you know they explained it and then they made a comment about her not being able to do it or something like that and she looks at me square in the eye she goes that's why I did it to prove them wrong Nice. So I'm like this firecracker 78-year-old lady started powerlifting basically just to just Proof to prove a wrong. couple of young punks wrong. Um and I looked her up on the database. She holds I, I I didn't count them all, but she holds at least 10 American records in different different weight classes and different age categories. Um, so not bad for someone
0: who was told you can't do this.
1: Right. So I think that I I think that exactly. (laughs) So I guess that's kind of the, I guess what we'll finish on is, you know, I want to make sure people realize like, it's never too early to start and it's never too late to start. So if you have any doubts, like, I mean, what, what would, what would Lois Hummer do? Nice. Yeah. She'd get started. She'd get started. Exactly. So cool. That's all I have, Laura. That's all I have, Josh. Cool. Well, on that note, we will see you all later. Have a great week, guys.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember
1: to subscribe and share it with your friends.